1: Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. With your host, pay area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Jim Clark. Well, have you ever felt like your life is more akin to a war zone than a tranquil oasis? Well, if that's you... Fear not, there is hope for you, because tonight we are bringing you Part 11 in our series entitled Peace in the Battle. Oftentimes when we hear the word battlefield, we quickly envision a literal battlefield with bombs going off and machine gun fire all around, soldiers running, people screaming, and chaos all around. But have you ever considered that there is an intense battle raging in our thoughts on a daily basis? A battlefield of the mind but don't despair. There is some good news in the midst of this battlefield. To find out about this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending, we are contending
2: for the faith. Good evening, Dr. Buckner. How are you doing tonight? Good evening, Brother Jim, and uh, thank you so much for that uh, uplifting introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Atlanta for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. And I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we trust that you will be blessed in the midst of, as Brother Jim said, this good news. We are a an apologetic ministry that try to bring good news to you uh, every Saturday, and we appreciate your prayers, your support, and being with us and joining in with us tonight. Uh, we've been talking about, as Brother Jim has said, peace in the battlefield, and boy, do we need that today in our world. Peace in the battlefield. Now, in order to experience victory in the battle of life or the battlefield of life, you need to experience God's inner, victorious, conquering peace. I like that. Enter into God's inner, victorious, conquering peace in the midst of the battlefield of life. And everywhere we turn, we see battlefields everywhere on the news in our families, in marriages, in churches, uh, in the community, uh, in the world at large, with the government. uh, We see the battlefield that's trying to take away our peace. Uh, Do you remember the, the Bible story where the disciples were put in the midst of a storm by Jesus? And what did Jesus say to them in the midst of the storm? Do you remember that? He said a key word to them, key words to them, peace, be still, peace, be still. And sometimes, you know, in order to experience God's peace, you just got to be still. You know, we are so much in a hurry. We're rushing here and there and trying to do things on our own and get into our own foolishness. We just need to be still and see the glory of God at work and giving us peace inner peace within. Jesus said, I come to give you peace within, not as the world giveth. Even after the resurrection, the disciples were in a death-threatening storm. And what was the first thing Jesus said to them in Luke 24 and verse 36? And as they, as he thus spake, uh, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, And saith unto them, Peace be unto you. You can do a word study on the word peace throughout the New Testament, especially in the ministry of Jesus. And he constantly says this over and over and over Peace be still. Peace unto you. Inner peace I give you. We need this daily in our lives, in the midst of all of the transitionings and problems and issues that we go through in life, dealing with marriages, dealing with family, dealing with children, dealing with the job, dealing with finances, dealing with uh, temptations, dealing with everything. We just need to be still and see the power of God at work in our lives. And today, we are in a warfare storm. Everywhere we turn, we need the armor of God on daily to defeat the enemy in the midst of this battle. In Ephesians 6 and verse 15, Ephesians 6 and verse 15, the Apostle Paul, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, talks about having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Here's the word peace again. Peace again. The Apostle Paul is, t- is picking up what Jesus talked about and relating this peace to the armor of God. Did you not know that the armor of God talks about having peace in the midst of the battle? That's why so many people are losing their minds. That's why so many people are living defeated lives because they are not experiencing the peace of God daily in their lives. They're being anxious for everything, but not having the peace that keeps them calm and victorious. Here is the word peace again mentioned, even as it relates to the warfare of life today, the arm of God. And it's called the preparation of the gospel of peace. Why does he use the word preparation of the gospel of peace? Why? It's because you have to be prepared. You have to be prepared. You have to not only be prepared, but you got to stay prepared. You got to live prepared. You got to be prayed up and be prepared. You got to have your mind prepared, your spirit prepared. You got to have your soul prepared. You got to have your body prepared. You even got to have yourself prepared before death, in death. Jesus said in John 14 and and 1 let not your heart be troubled. You know, we have a lot of troubled hearts today because they don't have the peace of God. When you have the peace of God, you know God helps your heart from being troubled. It helps your heart from your blood pressure skyrocketing up, having heart attacks, strokes, nervous breakdowns. You need the peace of God. And I really do believe if we let the peace of God reign in our lives. You might have to come off of blood pressure pills because God can work in your life in that way where he can give you so much peace and so much calmness that, and if you start eating better as well, that you can see your blood pressure going down and you start to come off of that stuff. Jesus said in John 14, chapter 14, I go away to prepare a place for you. That means that he's going away to prepare a place for a prepared people. This is why it says, the preparation of the gospel of peace. You have to be prepared. You have to be ready to put on the armor, ready to experience God's peace. Now, we've said before that there are five ways you can be afflicted when you lack the peace of God. There are five ways you can be afflicted when you lack the peace of God. Let me just review that again quickly. Number one uh, spiritual affliction comes when we're not in the Word of God, we're not into prayer, we're not into uh, fasting, we're not into accountability. Spiritual affliction can come on your life. And spiritual affliction leads to, number two, emotional affliction, where your emotions start to get out of whack and out of control and, because your spiritual affliction is not under control. Then your emotional affliction gets out of control. And then thirdly, your mental affliction, where Satan starts to mess with your mind. He's good at messing with the minds of people and trying to corrupt the mind, deceive the mind. And when the mind is deceived, then number four, this is what we're going to talk about a little bit now, is physical affliction. Spiritual affliction, emotional affliction, mental affliction, and then physical. Number four, physical affliction. Let me say a little bit about this physical affliction. Satan, if you give him the opportunity as a Christian, I don't believe that Satan can possess a Christian, but he can oppress a Christian. There is a major difference. You know, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, has he wants to take resident in your life, but he also wants to become president of your life. And a lot of us don't allow him to become president in our lives. Therefore, Satan can mess with your mind so he can deceive your body, not possess your body, but control your body in an ungodly way. Let me kind of give you an example of this. When the Apostle Paul wrote to the church of Corinth in Second Corinthians chapter 11, verses 3 and 4, the Apostle Paul says, I fear for you, Christians at Corinth, as Satan beguiled Eve in his craftiness, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. For if someone comes and preaches another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel, you might go along with it. So the Apostle Paul fears for the Christians at Corinth for their minds being corrupted. There is such a thing as your mind being corrupted. Controlled by the enemy, and you don't even know it. You gotta, that's why every day the Apostle Paul says in Romans 12 and 2 that you need to have a transformed mind and a renewed mind daily by the Word of God. And do, by studying the Word of God and knowing the Word of God and applying the Word of God to your mind, He's able to flush out those bad thoughts, those evil thoughts, and those thoughts that try to dominate your life. Now, the lack of the peace of God can cause your body to be affected in, these, in seven different ways. Let me talk about the number one way that it can be affected. By sleepless nights. How many of you have experienced this in the daytime, even at night, where you're tossed to and fro in your bed because of the issue that has attacked your mind? Look at some people in the world today, such as Michael Jackson. Uh, He could not sleep, and he got on medications that led to his death, and drugs, even Prince, uh, led to their deaths. There are many people who need to use different types of drugs in order to sleep, to knock them out at night. Listen, this is not the first best solution. The first best solution would be to deal with the roots so that you can bear fruit. The best solution would be to deal with the underlying cause of your sleeplessness, and Jesus can help you with that. Now, let me give you a biblical example of what I'm saying. This is a great Old Testament biblical example, and I'm bringing this to a conclusion soon. In the Old Testament, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that troubled him, and he suffered Sleepless nights. He could not sleep at night. We find this in Daniel 2 and verse 1. Daniel 2 and verse 1. The text says, And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled, and his sleep broke from him. Now, we see that this man was troubled. He had a troubled mind. He had a troubled heart. And because of that, it cheated him of the peace of God. And because he didn't have the peace of God, he could not sleep. He could not rest. He had no peace because he allowed the devil to steal his peace, and and therefore he could not sleep. But Nebuchadnezzar was very smart. He didn't waste any time finding out what was the true answer to his sleepless nights. He needed to experience and have peace So he would be able to sleep at night. And what did he do? He found that peace from who? From God through Daniel. He reached out to Daniel, who was the servant of God, and Daniel had the Spirit of God upon his life. And Nebuchadnezzar knew that he could not get this peace from the magis and the magicians. He knew that only he could get this peace through the God of Daniel, the true interpretation from the God of Daniel. Because he knew that the Spirit of God was upon Daniel for the true prophecy, true interpretation. The same is true for you and me. The only answer for your problems, for your pain, for your hurt, for your aches, for your troubles, for your problems, and for the the issues that you are going through of sleepless nights is Jesus. And Jesus gives you the answer too. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 and 29, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You need rest like Nebuchadnezzar? Turn to the one whose name is Jesus. Repent of trying to do it your way. Surrender to him as Savior and Lord of your life. And he will give you that peace. The Bible says the wicked is like the troubled sea tossed to and fro. But Jesus is the resting one. He will give you rest of your mind, give you rest of your soul, give you rest of your spirit, give you rest of your body if you turn to him. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches regarding that peace that passes all understanding in Jesus Christ. Brother Jim. That's a good word, Dr. Buckner. Have you been sleepless? Troubled? We'd like to hear from you
1: after we return from this break. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark. I'm in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been praying for Contending for the Faith. Without the diligent prayers of the saints, we could never remain on the air. We also want to thank those who gave over the last two weeks. Bruce, Gail, Mary June, C.R. Charles, Jerry and Nancy, Sandra, Jackie, and William. It costs us $400 a week to stay on the air, and we are $140 short for this week's program, so we need your help. We want to thank those who have stepped up to the plate to help us out. We've even had some people who have helped out after receiving their tax refunds. If you enjoy this program and Dr. Buckner's teaching, won't you partner with us financially? There are two ways to give. You can send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Or you can just go onto your computer to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And push the donate button. That's easy. Also, from time to time, we do get notes from our listeners, so we like to read them over the air. So I just thought we would uh, read this one that we got. Dear Dr. Buckner. Thank you for keeping us on our toes in the world of, in the word of God. I need reminders, and your radio program always brings me back to focusing on God. I'm enclosing a check for a little extra this month since I received a tax refund. God bless you and Gary, and many thanks for all you
2: do. From Sandy. Isn't That's that, awesome. Isn't that wonderful? That's great. I mean... It's people like her and others, uh, William and others, who constantly give that uh, reassures us that God has his hands on this ministry because uh, they continue to step up to the plate and uh, give and pray for this ministry. And that's why we're able to do what we're doing. And I am just get blessed by it every time I go downtown or uh, one of our staff people, and we get blessed, and we just, we just praise the Lord for the moving of his spirit. And this 140 that we need, it'll be given real soon because the people see the need, and they know that uh, this is what we need to do is step up and, and give. Because when we stand before God, we're going to be judged upon three Ts, what we did with our time, our talent, and our treasures. And that's why Jesus said, lay up not for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust and thieves break in, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where none of these things break in. And just to see people really taking it serious when we say you got blessed with your taxes, you know, you can hoard all that money and use it for a thousand other things, but to use it for God's work, God's kingdom business, I mean, God smiles upon that, and uh, he will bless you for that as well. Well what we're gonna do right now, we're gonna to get to some of our callers. Yes. What do we have first? I think
1: our first caller is Sophia. Sophia, how are you doing?
3: Well, I'm I'm doing very well. I, I won't tell you how wonderful it was you helped my husband. I'll tell another time because we have issues right now. but you said welcome to the old testament, he's Jewish, as I mentioned, you helped him a lot. But I wanna to get to tonight because this has been on in my mind. I understand completely what you're saying, and the peace of God has helped me. That's where I keep my... I don't look television anymore. I unplugged it. I don't want to read and hear things because it affects me, and, and, it, and the peace of God has helped me. But now my neighbor has told me, let me tell you very quickly, because I know there are other people. Now, this is what she said to me. Matthew twenty four six eight, And the wars will break out near... Well, you do, I don't need to read it, but... Um, Um, But I'll read it really fast. Yes, these things must come, but the end won't follow immediately. The nations, the kingdoms will proclaim war against each other. There will be famines, earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all of this will only be the beginning of the horrors to come. Now, she's telling me, you see, Sophia, you are not uh, a a very big Christian, um, an old Christian. You're kind of a uh, maybe new one. You're not going to really make it. You're going to suffer because you're not good enough to be brought up out of all this uh, terrible things. They go on. It goes on. Matthew nine to thirteen, and uh, it, 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 so so she's scaring me. And I notice right away that when people say things like that, even though I don't understand it completely, it, it I get symptoms again. I I get stress. I get pain into my back. So what you say is true. Because when we don't uh, have the peace of God. And that assurance, then it, it can really translate into, oh, as you say, no sleeping. In my case, it's a pain in the back, or my neck is stressed. And, and uh, so, so maybe you could clear up because she says, I'm going to suffer terribly because I'm not a good enough Christian yet.
2: Well, let me respond to that. I appreciate you sharing that and, and being uh, honest about what you experienced with uh, her. Well, first of all, she's playing the role of God and she can't do that, that's for God to say. And God uh-huh. wouldn't say anything like that to you. So she needs to repent for trying to play the role of God. It's God that is the one that uh, uh, brings judgment. And because you are in uh, Christ and you've been forgiven, uh, all of your sins have been nailed to the cross. And uh, the judgment that you were supposed to get uh, Christ uh, took it upon himself. So she's playing a role, trying to play the role of God, but she's not playing a good role. She's playing a real bad role, and she's representing God in the wrong way, and she's representing the Bible in a wrong way. And uh, I would say uh, to people like that that she's also misinterpreting the Scriptures because the the passages that you mentioned has nothing to do with uh, you know, meeting judgment upon you, and I would make that clear to her. Uh, you know, Jesus is uh, speaking uh, of the local situation that happened then, and he's talking about something that's futuristic. See, the Matthew twenty-four is a local uh, prophecy, and it's a futuristic p- prophecy. And so, but the last thing I would say uh, to you to say to her because uh, anybody that's going to be Negative and uh and and not uh be uplifting in your spirit, uh, I would just turn them off you know uh just uh dust the dirt off your feet as a testimony Jesus gave us some good advice. He said, when you talk to people and they don 't want to listen, dust the dirt off your feet as a testimony and move on. There's someone else that's going to listen. And then also Jesus said, don't cast your pearls among swine because they're going to trample upon it and dis, uh, abuse it. So you don't need the headache and the heartbreak and the physical uh, pain. So what I've had to do with a lot of people that are negative that used to be in my life, I've just cut them off. And ah. I'm much more healthier now. But if you, as long as you allow them in your world... They're going to make you sick, and they can end up uh, killing you, and then you're in the grave uh, dead and gone, and they're going to go to somebody else and try to kill them with all of their nonsense. So uh, turn them off, and don't allow that in your spirit, and let them know, hey, you know, as long as you're going to be negative and you're going to say these things uh, about me, uh, I'm not going to have to give you the time of day for that and move on. Dust the dirt off your feet as a testimony and move on
3: wow i I really appreciate that i that I, I I needed to hear that so much because you know even though you don't want to hear it 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 it, seep, it can seep in. I had one other may I have one other two second thing? yes huh. I'll give you two two seconds because what I realize is that some people who say and i don't you know when we do the the uh prayer for salvation and we all believe in Jesus as the Son of God who is raised from the dead. But a lot of people have a different idea of what God is. So I found out, I find out that she, uh, well, we won't talk about her, I don't want to be, uh, think of her out, but some people say, oh, yes, I believe in God, but they don't necessarily think God is the creator of heaven and earth. So even if they say, oh, yes, I believe in Jesus, if they don't believe God is a creator of heaven and earth, then how can they believe in Jesus as the son of God? It does no meaning if they don't say God Created heaven
2: and earth. Well, they got to not only say that God created the heavens and earth, and you got to be able to demonstrate the validity and historicity and authenticity of the scripture from like Genesis uh, 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth, but not only does it say that the Father created the heavens and the earth, but you have also in uh, Colossians, uh, John 1. And through uh, verses one through three, Jesus created the heavens and the earth. And then you also have in Colossians chapter one, he created the heavens and the earth. And then in Hebrews chapter one, he created all things. So they not only got to believe that the father created all things, but Jesus did too. And then the book of Job, it talks about the Holy Spirit. You you may, I may want to send you also my book on the Trinity. And I kind of break down all of this stuff. So if you leave your uh, address with uh, our uh, phone counselor, I'll send you a copy free of, free on my behalf, and uh, you can be blessed by that, and it'll give you a lot of answers. It'll equip you so you can share the truth with
3: people. Oh, thank you so much, and, and thank you so much. I really needed to hear the, uh, both things on both points tonight, because uh, we all need to be uh, reaffirmed, even in I, I love Jesus, and I, and I read the Bible all the time, but somehow you need to hear someone who is as knowledgeable as you are to kind of clarify for us, you know?
2: Amen. Amen. Well, so, well thank, thank you so you much. So and much. always thank you for your call, and we'll be praying for your husband and your, and your friend uh, as well.
3: Thank okay. you so much. All right. Bye.
2: God bless. God Don't bless. forget to leave your address.
3: Oh, no, I will call back and leave it on.
2: Okay, thank you so much.
3: Okay, goodbye.
2: All right. Goodbye. What a call. What a great call. Yes, I love calls like that. I do, too. <laughs> amen. Who do we have next? All right.
1: Well, let's say we go to, I think we got uh, Rick. Hey, Brother Rick, how are you
2: doing?
4: Shalom Aleichem. I'm going to say, say the words for peace.
2: Yes, yes, amen. we about peace tonight. That's the topic tonight, and uh, shalom is a good word for that and and uh, uh
4: start, start off with, start that said a very good tone yes and one of, one of the questions I have is a, is a very interesting thing because i I know that throughout my my years of being being a christian yes and growing in the faith, I've had to be corrected on a lot of things I thought that were true, and they turned out not to be true hmm i was one of those I was one of those guys who believed in three wise men okay and, and i mean that's that's one thing I know better of. Yeah, so they, I'm going to ask you about another thing because this, this takes place in the millennium. Yes. And we hear about the lion sleeping with the lamb. Mm-hmm. What do you say about that?
2: Well, that's a very good question. Um, let me let me do some uh, uh, clarification of that. When people say the lion with the lamb, when you uh, hear most sermons in churches, you hear that, and you hear a lot of preachers, even over the airway, saying that. And some of them uh, got it the right way, but it's not the the lion with the lamb. It's the wolf. It's the wolf with the uh, lamb. And uh, very few people uh, are aware of that. And If you look at the the passages that I'm going to give to you on this is uh, Isaiah 11 and verse 6, if uh, you care to look at that and others out there, it talks about in Isaiah 11 and verse 6, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. It, It doesn't say the lion with the lamb. And then there's a parallel scripture to this, which is Isaiah 65 and verse 25, where it says the wolf and the lamb shall feed together. So this idea of the lion with the lamb, you hear that all the time, and sometimes you'll even hear it from the pulpit, even from, uh, in, um, on radio programs. But the correct uh, way of interpreting that is the correct way that the Bible says. And the Bible says, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. And so that's very important. Now, I want to add just one more thing to this, too that uh, uh, this program, Contending for the Faith, is an apologetic ministry that I believe should be utilized in most of our Sunday schools and in our Bible studies because this is a program that's giving reasons and answers for faith. I believe that we need to incorporate some of this type of style of teaching in our Bible studies, in our churches, and in our Sunday schools, so that people can know what they believe and know why. Because the curse of the church is biblical illiteracy. And people in churches don't know what they believe and know why, many of them. And when you ask them about the address, where do you find this at? Okay, I believe in God, but who is that God? I don't know. And where is that God found? I don't know. So... To know what you believe and know where, why you believe it and to know where it is in Scripture is the uttermost importance. And that's one of the reasons why, as Walter Martin said, my mentor, the average Jehovah Witness can twist the average Christian into a doctrinal pretzel in 90 seconds because we don't know what we believe and we don't know why and we can't back it up. And one thing about Jehovah Witnesses is that even though they're a false teaching, they get into that New World Translation, and they get brainwashed, and then they get around the average uh, Christian who's never been discipled, and they can twist them up into a doctrinal pretzel because they don't know what they believe and know why. The issue today is knowing what you believe and know why and being able to find the address. That's critical. Amen. Amen. Well, we have about a, a, a minute. A minute. Uh, do you have, uh, let's get a prayer request for you and then we can have you to state it and then when we come back, we'll pray around that prayer request and maybe you may have something I'm, I'm else.
4: Gonna, I'm going to give you just a primary prayer request.
2: Okay. I'm,
4: I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask for a prayer around my sleep patterns and sleeping.
2: Okay. All right. And well,
4: basically, I like to be able to get enough sleep and get a good night's rest.
2: Well, we got to up that peace in your life and pray for that peace to come in life. We have gym to do that right now and then that way we'll be Uh, done with your situation. So why don't you pray around that real quick, Jim? All
1: right. Uh, Father in heaven, thank you for our brother Rick. And Lord, I pray that uh, you would bring that peace into his life. Your Holy Spirit would be with him. Whatever's troubling him, Lord, whatever his... uh, uh, Lord, we just ask that you would have him cast that at your feet. And Lord, let you handle it. You want us to rely on you. Father, it pleases you for us to rely on you. And so, Father, we uh, we just pray that uh, you would help Rick, with his uh, sleeping. And uh, maybe it's something else that's going on, Lord. Maybe it's just physiological. But whatever it is, Lord, we ask you to bring that healing. And Lord, we thank you, and we pray all these things in the name
2: of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rick. And we appreciate you, brother. And thank you for that good question.
4: And I appreciate that too, Jim.
2: Okay. All right. God bless you. It's time
1: for us to uh, go take a break and have our sponsors serve you. So when we come back, Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. Again, my name is Jim Clark. I'm in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we are taking your calls. We're talking about having peace. Peace be still is what Jesus said to the storm, and the storm was calmed. So if you have a storm going on in your life, we definitely would like to hear from you. But right now, uh, I think we would like to get back to the other callers, Dr. Buckner.
2: Let's do that. All right. That's like a good
1: plan. Well, the first caller that we want to get back to is Jermaine. Jermaine, are you there?
2: Hello. How you doing, Brother Jermaine?
5: I'm doing very well.
2: Oh, that's good. We trust that you got encouraged by the word tonight. Hopefully you heard the word.
5: Yeah, I did hear most of it. it was uh, It's always a blessing, Dr. Buckner, so thank you for that.
2: Oh, good, good. Praise the Lord for uh, for your uh, encouraging words. And uh, what uh, you always have a good question, and what's on your heart tonight, my brother?
5: Well, uh, I had a question about prayer, and we've uh, all been in situations where we, uh, we see the value of prayer, and I know sometimes we don't get the answer we want, or it seems to take a long time, and faith starts coming to come into question, depending on the situation. But I was talking with a, a good friend, and, and then I was listening to some other people who I know are good Christians, but it seems to be a divide among some where some believe you only need to pray once about whatever issue, and kind of from what I heard from somebody is leave it on the altar, otherwise it shows a lack of faith, or... If you say your will be done at the end of the prayer, how you've just violated your, uh, your so-called rights to, to kind of tell God what you want. And then I'm in the other camp of, from the examples I have in scripture where, where Jesus is given the parable of, uh, the uh, lady knocking on the door and refusing to go away until she gets to answer, just being persistent in prayer. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that because I, I don't, I know these people are good Christians, but there there really seems to be a little bit of a a divide here. I don't think it lacks faith at all to continue to ask, when I was a child asking my parents for something, I would continue to ask until I got an answer. Mm -hmm.
2: Yes, that's a very good uh, question. And, uh, you know... There's uh, a lot of debate around that situation, uh, as you indicated. And some people just say, you know, you just pray once and just say, "God, uh, let your will be done." And others uh, believe in that persistent prayer. And I think you brought up a very good point about the woman uh, knocking on the door, and she was she was persistent and she kept coming at the Lord until the door was open. And kind of fits into. Um, uh, Jacob, you know, wrestling with God all night. He said, I'm not going to let you go. This is like a persistency of of, of, of desiring uh, something for God. And Jacob, he could have uh, just given up, but he says he wrestled with him all night. He kept wrestling. He says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And I think we got to have that type of attitude, too. And this fits into the whole principle of, of warfare, as well as uh, Ephesians uh, uh, 6 and verse 18. I think you should give them Ephesians 6 and 18, where it says, Praying always. Now, it doesn't say praying sometimes. Praying always. And that means that you can pray always that prayer until uh, something happens. You know, we want to see doors open. And God answers prayer three ways. Sometimes he says uh, yes. Sometimes he says no. And sometimes he says wait, and sometimes wait can be the the, the, the biggest challenge. But he says in, in, in Ephesians 6 and verse 18, 18, praying always with all prayer. So he emphasized that prayer two times, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the same. So when you put the first P, praying, and then you put another P, prayer, and then you put another P, perseverance. Perseverance means to continue like the lady did, persevering in that prayer until something happens, and then God will let us know uh, in that uh, perseverance whether he's going to say yes, no, or wait, but whatever he says in the midst of those things, uh, it's an answer to prayer. Uh, so, uh, I agree with the position that we should not stop persisting in what we desire from God. And because we desire the, the desires of our heart locked into His will. And He says that we ask anything according to His will, 1 John 5 and 14, uh, you know, He heareth us. But we got to be persistent, we got to be praying always and we got to pray without feigning, But I just uh, hold to what you hold to, persistent prayer and the attitude like Jacob. He wrestled and wrestled and wrestled and said, I'm not going to let you go. So certain things I desire in my heart from God, and and I'm like Jacob, I'm not going to let go of God until uh, I get the answer on that. So hopefully these principles I gave you Has helped you, but I try to always be scripturally based. So you got Ephesians six and eighteen to share with them, as well as the situation with Jacob.
5: All right, thank you, Doctor Wagner. I was also thinking of uh, Daniel chapter ten.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Daniel chapter ten is another uh, really uh, good one that can apply to that as well. By the way, I I really uh, hope between the three of
1: us that you know he's not going to get on us for. Asking for over and over again because otherwise
2: I'm in serious trouble. <laughs> well, he understands that too. <laughs> well, Amen. Well, Amen.
5: Speaking of prayer, could, could I get a quick prayer request?
2: You sure can. What's on your heart?
5: Well, I'm just dealing with a situation with the state. Again, I had this situation a couple of years ago with uh, the Bay Area Fast Track Company and just making it impossible to register my car properly. Just want some help on that situation. They, they've told me no in the past and they've had to correct mistakes. and. Just uh, trying to get some remedy out of out of a tight financial situation.
2: All right. Well, that's something we'll join in with you on prayer with that situation. Let's uh, lift that up in prayer right now, Brother Jim. All right.
1: Well, uh, I understand your concern. Um, I can tell you I'll keep my political views out of it, but anytime you're dealing with the state, you know, we need lots of prayer. <laughs> Amen, that. So, Father, we... Uh, Thank you for Jermaine. We thank you for his heart. And, Lord, we uh, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be with him, especially in regards to this issue that he's having with Bay Area Fast Track, Lord. And, uh, Father, whoever it is that he's been dealing with, Lord, we just pray that, uh, that they would be able to see what he's trying to ask them and that, Lord, that you would work that out for your good. And, Lord, we know that in the end something good is going to come out of this. So, Father, we just pray that... Uh, you would work your miracles in Jermaine's life with this issue and that it would come to rest and he would have peace. And we thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray.
2: Amen. Thank you, Brother Jermaine, for your, um, your call and your good question, as always.
1: All right. Thank you. God bless you Alrighty, All right, Jermaine.
2: Take care. All right. Well, that brings us finally to uh,
1: CC. Looks like you've been waiting for a CC. Are you there?
6: Yeah. How are you guys doing? We
1: are
2: truly blessed. How about yourself?
6: I'm blessed.
2: I'm blessed. All right. We, we trust that you heard the word tonight. I missed it.
6: I, was, uh, I, uh, missed, it. I missed it. By the time I got through, I the you the answer was already
2: finished. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah, that's it, something that it, you it, can it, always it. Uh, check out, uh, you know, online and be blessed by that. So we, we know that uh, you can connect that way as well. All righty. So what's uh, uh, on your heart tonight?
6: Yeah, I want to ask you a question out of Romans chapter 3. Okay. Uh, verse 31.
2: Okay, and uh you have your Bible there? Oh, yes, I do. Okay.
6: You want me to read it?
2: Uh, yes, please.
6: Okay. Verse 31 says, do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. You can help me with that. I don't know I ain't got much time, but give me what you can.
2: Yes. We know, we know that uh, this is a, a very uh, important point here. Do we make uh, void the law through faith? God forbid we establish the law. In other words, what the Apostle Paul is saying, uh, even though uh, he uh, argued uh, infinitum agnosium, the, uh, the, the theme of this uh, chapter is the righteousness of God, and we are justified by faith you know not by the law uh, but he's also making the point that uh do we then make void the law through faith for God forbid we establish the law in other words there is now uh what the apostle paul is saying a a, a new law and uh the new law now is the law of righteousness uh you know and and he's basically giving a a dual point that uh, do we then make void the law through faith uh, because the law in and of itself was—God uh, had a purpose in that, but he's now saying that there is a new law through faith, and God forbid, yea, we establish the law. So there is a law that was the Old Testament law that um, that was in the Old Testament— that the people lived by the Mosaic law, okay? And then he's saying now, he's shifting it now and saying, do we then make void the law through faith? So the law in the Old Testament was a law through works, and it was a law through the Mosaic law. But now you see a change up where he's saying, do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid we establish the law. See, so it it fits into the law of faith, which is a law of righteousness that he's going back to in this chapter. And then it fits into also that some people will say, like Seventh-day Adventists and people who are law keepers, well, doesn't doesn't he say here that uh, God has established the law? But don't forget the fact that he's saying the law through faith. He's not saying the law of Moses or the law... In the Old Testament, in terms of the Mosaic law or the law, sixteen and 613 laws and all. No, he's simply saying there is no void through this law, which is the law of faith, which fits into the law of righteousness and fits in to the law of love. Because when they asked Jesus, they said, uh, they asked him, what is the greatest commandment? And he simply said... The greatest commandment is that you love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And so, and then also Paul is saying here, one more point. They look at verse 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. In other words, the deeds of the law is not what Paul is arguing here because deeds of the law the works of Moses and the works of the Old Testament and all of those things. But now there is a new law now, and it's the law of faith. It's the law of righteousness. It's the law of love. And all of the writers in the New Testament talk about this. You either have the law of faith, the law of righteousness, or the law of love, and that's what we're under now. And so... We may have to make that clarification because there are so many people that try to do that. And they try to say, well, is there no law at all? Yeah, there's a law. There's a new law. It's the law of faith. It's the law of love. It's the law uh, of being justified by righteousness in Jesus Christ. So God is not making that void, and so hopefully that kind of helps you out.
6: That helped out a whole lot. Man, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. That's a that's a very good scripture there that uh, that you uh, brought out, and it's uh, worth uh, needing some good explanation around it. And uh, so uh, the, the Book of Romans is a powerful book. You know, there are five major doctrines of the Book of Romans. Do you know what they are? Uh,
6: the five major doctrines? Mm-hmm. I know, I know it's got the, um, I, don't, I can't say them all <laughs> I know it got so quick. I know, you know, you got, you got the doctrine of justification, right? Where you just, you declare it righteous in God's sight. Mm-hmm. Um, glorification, sanctification, um, and, um, what's the other one? I'm, I'm rushing. I, I could get them, but it's like, I know the time is running out. I know it's glorification, sanctification, justification, and, um, it's, it's two other ones, right? I can't, I can't, I can't get them right now because I'm going so fast. Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I'm, what I'm going to do is do this. I'm going to give you a chance to do, give you a uh, homework assignment, okay? Okay. So uh, if- next next uh, Saturday, you bring to me the five major doctrines of the Book of Romans. I could tell you now, but I'm going to give you homework because I know you'd like homework to do, <laughs> So,
6: yeah, you know, what? I really I really appreciate that because that, that makes me work. And I appreciate that. That gives me the digging. Yes, you know, I definitely. will be at it. Thank you. I love that. I love the challenge.
2: Amen. Well, I know you're going to do a good job in the Lord. And we hear that music and we'll have your uh, prayer request next week. But thank you so much for your call.
6: Thank you. If you can't, you and your wife pray for me on your, God, on your own.
2: We will do that. We always do that thank anyway. Thank you so much. All right. God bless you. All Brother, right. Brother Jim, knock a home run in the name of Jesus. What a great program tonight, what a pro- Dr. a great program. Yes. Praise the Lord for this.
1: Well, tonight, we've come to the end of another exciting broadcast, and we would like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being a part of tonight's program. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith.